0: You're listening to the Give Me Five podcast, episode 71. This is the Give Me Five podcast, a semi-entertaining show about very entertaining things. My name is Rob. And as always, I'm here with my co-host Greg. Hello, Rob and Jimmy. Hello, Governor. We discuss pop culture, entertainment, and sometimes a little bit of nostalgia. This week on tap, we've got Fire, the greatest party that never happened, Punisher, and Hamilton. Yeah, we're
1: pretty we're pretty diverse this week. I, mean, I think so. Oh yeah, we're it's like, like really usually base and Star Wars and like fart jokes. This time we've got. Yeah, I'm like, sure there'll be some of those.
2: Yeah.
0: <laughs>
2: there there was one already but are you trying to say we're going to be intellectual and thought-provoking this week I don't,
0: <laughs> I don't see that happening
1: we have listeners that come here for something completely different than that
2: all right guys this is a review show and there will probably be spoilers we will try to avoid any major twists so if we're talking about something that you haven't seen read or listened to yet then use your own discretion well um and is
1: there any news out there? Did you guys, see anything that you found interesting this week? There is. Uh,
2: yeah, I do. Do you want to go first, Rob? Well, me to go first. I,
0: I I see that Greg stole my topic, so I'll let Greg no, talk ahead, about it. it. No, go ahead and do it.
2: No, no you, you do, do it. it go for it. <laughs> this is funny.
0: This is hilarious because I I found this and I sent it. I sent it to you guys, and I was just completely amused by this. Apparently, there was a young man who actually won a science fair by proving that Tom Brady was a cheater.
2: (laughs) So amazing.
0: (laughs) And, and, you know, science aside, because he didn't actually prove that Tom Brady did anything wrong, but he did in fact get some data to show that deflated or underinflated footballs travel farther. They don't just provide a better grip. You, it's not just that you can grip them better, but they do in fact fly farther. And he, <laughs> he actually won, he actually won his science fair with this presentation. But some of the best things about, about this, and I love this kid, uh, this kid's name is, uh, what was it? Ace? Christopher Ace Davis.
1: Davis. Christopher Davis. Yeah, he goes by Ace, I guess. I don't know. In the article I read, it was Christopher Davis.
0: Oh, okay. I, I, so I guess he goes by Ace because the article I found called him Ace. Um, But the the greatest thing about this is when they asked him for, you know, like why he did it, (laughs) he says, and I quote, because I hate Tom Brady. He's been accused of cheating before. I want him to get caught. (laughs) It's funny. And people are tired of watching him in the Super Bowl and Julian Edelman takes steroids. (laughs) I'm not sure how Julian Edelman got pulled into that. Wasn't he suspended? I thought this was I don't think, absolutely. Is, is Edelman hilarious. even on the team anymore? Yeah, he is. He he was a big reason why they were able to beat the Chiefs. But it, oh, uh, this kid is my hero. And he goes on to say, Julian Edelman pushes everyone around. Gronkowski gets shut down. Gurley. Oh, this was his prediction for the Super Bowl that Julian Edelman pushes everyone around. Gronkowski gets shut down. Gurley runs for two touchdowns. Brady plays terrible with three interceptions. The Rams win thirty to fourteen. This kid is my hero.
1: <laughs> <laughs> That's actually funny. That kid was not wrong. Julian Edelman used yep. PADS. Yep. He did. Yep.
2: Yeah. Um, for those in not in the know, uh, Tom Brady is a quarterback in the National Football League. He is married to Giselle Bunchin Bunchin, Victoria's Secret model. Um, and I'm tired of seeing his face everywhere. So and he's ruined football as we know it because
1: every rule. That has been made over the past five or six years to protect the quarterback is because he got a boo boo and whined about it.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah, but
1: on the same note, uh, there was the local Pittsburgh affiliate that during one of the press conferences earlier this week labeled under his name and said, you know, he was talking and they did the Tom Brady um, lower, lower third. third on the bottom mm-hmm. of the screen. The Tom Brady underneath it, it said, "Known cheater." <laughs> <laughs> And That's this was uh, KDKA, which is actually the first television slash radio station in in the entire country. Hmm. And they ended up firing the guy that controls the the, the lower thirds or ty- types the captions. Oh, really? Yeah, they they did have to fire him because you know they're like we have to remain you know I guess fair and even when it comes to that. And yeah. they say so he was he was let like, go. Oh, however, I'm more than happy to invite him to join us on the podcast and label
2: things for us. Yeah, they're going to have to fire the operator for the, uh, roadside, uh, signs in Dallas that, uh, have you guys seen that? No. Both uh, events. I saw the one for the Saints. Uh, no, no, there's one on a sign in Dallas that says, um, tire flatter than a Patriots football Dial 999. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> so oh, I think fantastic. everybody
2: around is having fun with that. And I don't yeah. doubt. Uh, they got caught doing it before they got caught filled, filming other teams practices. I think Bill Belichick, Tom Brady, just uh, please hang it up for, for the good of everyone else.
0: I wonder if that Pittsburgh, uh, the, the Pittsburgh news guy for the one thirds would have, would have kept his job. If he'd have just said accused cheater. Probably, but he is a known
1: cheater. He is.
0: Well, but it was never, I think it was
1: because he was told to write something else. And he did something different than that. But. Uh, he, he might've lost his job there, but he's now a national hero. What, what, what does the, what did the, um, uh, what was his message for Tom Brady? I just kid. read this. Yeah.
2: And it's hilarious. Uh,
1: they asked him if he, yeah, they asked the kid if he had anything to say to Tom Brady, what would he say? He would say, give me some, give me some of your money. You don't deserve it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I love this kid. Again, again that kid is uh, my hero.
2: Yeah. Um, I, I have a little news. Um, I was camping this past weekend. It was intense. He did not get murdered by chainsaw wielding hillbillies.
0: It was it was intense, and it was intense.
2: Yeah, that's the direction I was going with that joke. So I appreciate that, Rob. Greg oh, just I kind of glossed over it. Sorry, yeah. sorry. No, it was good. Went camping with Kerwin. We played a lot of badminton and chopped a lot of wood and played a lot of hacky sack. It was a really good time.
0: And Star Wars, Galaxy of Heroes. I
2: I did, and then I felt bad, and then I felt even more bad when I realized how much data I was using because there was no wifi. Oh, I was Whoops. like, ah, oh, damn it. And I got like the shakes after a couple of days. <laughs> um, I do have some unfortunate news. Uh, the legendary creature artist, Matt Rose has passed away. Now you may not know Matt Rose in name, but you will know his work. If you've seen it, we have discussed monster squad on this show several times. Um, Matt Rose actually was responsible for the uh, creature, uh, creature effects on Gilman. So he sculpted, you know, Gilman, and he worked on several other films such as Predator, Aliens, Harry and the Hendersons, and Beetlejuice. So the the world of creature effects has lost an icon. Uh, may he rest in peace, Matt Rose. Some unfortunate news, one of his colleagues posted on Facebook after a, a lengthy and emotional tribute to him. He said, God damn it, Matt, we still need you. So again, sad loss for the creature effects world. Certainly, uh, was my kind of, uh, path that I was, I was going towards, uh, that led me ultimately to what I do now. All right. So my next little, uh, news story here is something I've been looking forward to finally getting a full-length trailer for for quite some time. Uh, there was a book written about the Norwegian church burnings um, that happened, I believe it was early 90s. 93, I think. Yeah. Around there. Um, that was centered around the rise of black metal, Norwegian black metal. And I can remember reading an article about this in Spin Magazine when I was super young. And I was absolutely fascinated by it. Um, I do like some of the bands that kind of came out of this. And to see it in movie form would be really interesting. And it is coming out here very early February. It is directed by Jonas Ackerland, um, who directed a movie that I just watched while I was waiting to record the show, Polar, that we'll be talking about here very soon. Now, there is one... Very, very obvious uh, thing wrong with the movie. So, I, I bro, will cut why in don't here. you? Yeah, go
1: ahead. Yeah, I'm an, I will cut in here because you told me this trailer existed, mm-hmm. it's kind of mid-conversation. And I was like, oh crap, because I the book is not available on Audible, and I'm I'm been kind of busy because I've I have the other book to read, so I haven't had a chance to read the book yet. But I know the story. I've read mm-hmm. many articles on it, and I've listened to many podcasts and true crime things about the church burnings, yep, and all the other crazy crap. It is a fascinating story. It is, and it makes, and the bands were not big. It was all the craziness that they did that made them big.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Yep, that's and that's true. they were just like nerds, basically, like you know, just you. I don't know, just it's crazy, like what they were. But anyway, they, uh, I saw the trailer because of what you said, and the ver and it's Norwegian death metal. The yep. first thing that occurred to me was, it looks like it's set in the suburbs of America. And the people are not speaking with Nor- Norwegian accents or even speaking in Norwegian, which they should be.
2: Yeah. There are a couple of things that I don't – I mean it kind of does – it looks like it's shot in suburban anywhere I guess. But it was
1: the little girl that makes fun of her brother and it
2: – You guys suck. Like
1: it, yeah, and it's it's such American humor yeah. and the way it is and like the little pesky sister that it, it just didn't – it was like, What?
2: Yeah, I, I I I thought there was a te- teaser trailer that came out um a couple of weeks ago that I watched and I, and there wasn't a whole lot of dialogue in it so I'm like oh okay you know they're gonna have Norwegian accents it's gonna be fine and you watch the trailer and you go wait wait a minute why are they what they're like hey man you're gonna be the new new bass player in Mayhem It's like n- you could have at least efforted. Mm-hmm. It, Uh, actors do this all the time, right? They study dialect and they, they study It doesn't matter what the actors look like. They should be wearing face paint. Well,
1: they will be, they are. Yeah. Yeah, But like, so like, it's not like they couldn't find any actors that were Norwegian that look that, you know, Oh, well they didn't look like the the people. No, it doesn't matter. They're going to be wearing
2: face paint. So looking this up, um, and you know, we'll, we'll see how it is. I'm, I'm still excited to see the film because it is a fascinating story. Um, read an article with uh, an interview with Jonas Ackerland, and the interviewer, uh, interviewee, um, interviewer asks, you made the choice or he says you made the choice not to not even have them do any accents at all, which would have been even more distracting. Don't agree with that at all. But he says, thank you for saying that, because obviously this has been on my mind for many, many sleepless nights. Am I going to do it? How am I going to do it? But early on, I decided to do it with English-speaking actors, mainly for two reasons. I wanted to make a movie for a big audience. Not a lot of people are going to go see it. It's a niche kind of thing. Uh I don't want to make a Norwegian movie, and I wanted to make sure that I got the best actors. Rory Culkin? Okay. Being limited to Norwegian-speaking actors would have been really hard for me. They could have fucking studied the dialect. Oh. They're making a huge mistake.
0: Well, and and he's getting rid of his biggest of probably his biggest consumer for the movie, which would be which would be the Norwegian people
2: or fans of of black metal. If you look at the and I don't I don't like to do this, but if you look at the comments on it, everyone's just shitting on it, you know, for they're like, wait, where are the Norwegian accents?
1: Uh, I don't think it's going to be a big that big in Norway because it was a big deal up there. I mean, multiple churches got burned. Mm-hmm. There was actual murders. A lot of lives were ruined by it. Yeah, yeah. and there was. And remember, the, the Norwegian prison system is a lot different than ours. Where if you know if you murder someone here, there's a pretty good chance you're going away for a really long time. Up there, it's like 15 years or so. So a lot of these guys are out and about.
0: Well, to, so to, to be honest, the, that happens here too. Depends people on the go type away of murder. for people go away for murder. They get life in prison and then get paroled in like 20 years.
2: Yeah, Varg Vikardes, who was featured in the film. He was the uh, bass player for Mayhem, founder of Berzoom, an absolute crazy um, (laughs) – Anti-Semitic? Anti-Semitic, racist, um, what is – homopathic, homophobic, homopathic. Homopathic, Uh, yes. He he only drinks green tea to uh, solve his medical ailments. He had a very big problem that the actor playing him, that actor's last name is Cohen. And he went on a gigantic spiel about, well, why don't you just have a black woman play Euronymous? And these are names these guys went by, but, um, that guy's an absolute dick. And I'd appreciate if you don't look him up. Uh, I don't even mean to give him any acknowledgement. So I love that you used
1: a Yiddish word. To say that he went on a spiel that made me happy, a single yeah. tear rolled down my cheek. You're
2: welcome. That's all. homeopathic. I think he actually is a vegan now. He's he's one of those like I'm a nationalist, but no, you're fucking racist, homophobic. Like, don't this, hide behind that banner.
0: to To be honest, to be honest, this sounds like a story that I don't need to see anything about because I don't need to give it. Any more publicity whatsoever, and this guy is is essentially making money off of these people in this tragedy. And it sounds like this is a movie that just shouldn't be made at all. I mean, am I missing something, or uh, they're not getting the money from it? Okay, because it because it sounds like it sounds like he's the, he, the author we, of the
1: book might, but the author of the book is not associated with the bands at all, right? But it yeah, but it sounds
0: the... it sounds like it's tantamount to making a movie and profiting off the Columbine massacre.
1: I
2: I can understand
0: the, the
1: murders. The murders were amongst band members. Yeah. So they, there, there's they... Two, there were two murders involved, one of which was a guy unrelated to the bands that Jimmy mentioned, and he he murdered a guy in a park. Mm-hmm. And uh, what about the church and
0: burnings and stuff?
1: The church burnings were, as I said, they, they, so imagine a garage band, like just a group of friends are like, we're going to start a band, right? Mm-hmm. And they were, they like chatted about it. And I don't know exactly exactly. How it happened, we're like, yeah, hey, we should totally do that. That would be the darkest thing ever. They were almost like one upping each other, but mm-hmm. like just again, losers in a garage. Mm-hmm. And then like all of a sudden, like some of them saw on the news that there was like some churches burnt down. They're like, Oh shit, he went and did it.
2: Yeah. And you can kind of see that in the trailer. Yeah. And now, now there, there were not people inside of these churches when it happened, but still it's a loss of property and you're infringing on people's faith. And, and some of these churches were like the churches Old. that were the
1: first ones that were made to like try to convert the Vikings.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So like yeah. these beautiful old wooden churches. So of course they won, they went up pretty quick, but you know, so in that case, I don't think any of the members of the bands.
2: Are- no, they're not. And even when contacted by the producers of the film, uh, representatives of Burzoom and, um, mayhem, some of the other bands from around then said, you can go screw yourselves because you're not using our music in the movie. So they're not even getting royalties or licensing from it. So they could have, but it wouldn't be the metal thing to do, I guess. And if you guys want to know more about it and give no
1: money to these guys whatsoever, but it's a fascinating story. Of course, the book was what, Jimmy? Lords of Chaos. Okay, the same and, then, name as the movie. and if you look up uh, the last podcast on the left, uh, uh, Norwegian death metal episodes, mm-hmm. which was actually only earlier this year or sorry, late last year it's fascinating and it won't and they basically make fun of these guys and they they actually do a much better norwegian accent than any
2: of the people in the movie (laughs) which nobody does um and there's a documentary called until the light takes us which came out several years ago i've seen that it's it's a very well done documentary um if so rob if you you know, I don't need to see this movie. You can watch the documentary or check out that podcast.
0: So like last week, what we're going to try and do is we are going to try occasionally and go back and revisit some of the things that we've talked about in the past. Mm-hmm. So this week, um, I think we're going to revisit what we talked about last week, actually. <gasps> A very quick revisit. Sure. So we'll, we'll it was, address... It was kind of weird because... it and was How, it, how it lined up perfectly, how the timing came out?
1: Well, we, as you yeah. guys might know... If you go to the our website uh, on our Libsyn page, basically what happens is I, I'll put little ads because if you see something that you like or you hear something that you like, you can go and just kind of buy it from Amazon right there.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: It's usually the cheapest option, and as we've said a million times, you get a little bit of mo- – we get a little bit of money from that. And so this time I went to check out Willow, and it said, Willow, pre- uh, preorder. pre like, huh? <laughs> what? So I looked, funny. and we, our episode released on um, the 28th of January, and apparently Willow is being
0: re-released on Blu-ray on the, the 29th. The 29th, the following day. Super crazy how that timing kind of worked out, isn't it?
2: That is. And let me um, kind of add on the heels of that real quick before we, we dive into that uh, the topics and everything going forward. Um, I saw that uh, They Shall Never Grow Old, or They Shall Not Grow Old, is being <laughs> released on Friday in a wider release. Oh, really? Yeah, so hmm. I'm going to go see it no,
0: in the afternoon. It's
2: harsh. I know. I know I'm prepared for it, but um, I'm looking forward to seeing it at theater. I'm looking forward to talking about it with you. Yeah, we can uh, revisit that soon.
0: Just not in the theater.
2: Right. Yeah, no, because people that do that are awful. Speaking of metal, and speaking again of things that kind of uh, permeate – um. You know, the public consciousness, I guess, things that you just can't seem to avoid hearing about where you, whether you're at work or people are making challenges out of it or celebrities are responding, this and that. So much like we it did on social media mm-hmm. much, it on the floor in your office, while uh, much like the events that led us to covering Bird Box a couple of weeks ago. We are going to talk about the new documentary from Netflix, Fire, The Greatest Party That Never Happened. Oh, boy. Now, Rob,
0: did you see it as well? I did not.
2: Okay. Um, My experience with the Fire Festival was hearing about it, hearing about how grandiose it was. There was going to be a million-dollar treasure hunt. There was this promo that was released. It was an island that the promote uh, organizers bought that was supposedly formerly owned by Pablo Escobar where it was going to take place they were going to have this all-star lineup of musicians and I was just like eh fast forward a couple of months I do my rounds of websites that I go to in the morning espn.com cnn.com and I want to, I see this thing that pops up and it's like click now to follow a timeline of the failure that is the fire festival and I was absolutely fixated on that thing for the rest of the day. See, I, the, what got me to actually know what it was,
1: because I didn't see any of the early stuff. I didn't have Instagram at that point. Mm-hmm. I didn't have Twitter at that point. In fact, I only got Twitter like because you started being active on it when you were like doing some job hunting. And I did it to basically push your stuff a little bit more.
2: Oh, yeah. Like,
1: I think you did it right mm-hmm. around when you were going to move. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I didn't really use any of that stuff. I used Facebook, and that was largely to share baby pictures at the time. Or kid pictures. I guess that didn't sound right at all. Pictures of my kid and my family members.
2: <laughs> not anybody
1: else's. It's yeah. not my own child bad. to to my own child's relatives. Yeah. And then I saw this picture of a very sad looking sandwich with two very sad looking slices of cheese and what some people would call a salad or what I would call lawn clippings. Yep.
2: In a the styrofoam box. Infamous picture. that really just kind of brought it to a grinding halt brought it into the to public attention. Um, from there, it really caught fire. Uh, huh? see what you but, there. Thank you. So that was being shared everywhere. And that's, you know, it just, everybody's talking, Oh my God, did you see this? Did you see the concierge tent? You know, did you see the, the line of people? Did you see them fighting over things of water? You know, that was just going on all day. Um, and now we have a, a documentary. And the fine folks have, at Netflix have presented us with a very good documentary, and I'm, in my opinion, and, uh, you know, refused to um give the organizer, Billy McFarland, um any money. Did you do air quotes when you said organizer? Hmm. I struggled to find the word. Um, uh, air quotes organizer. Yeah, air quotes organizer promoter. Douchebag, con complete man. con man, um, as Mark Weinstein called him. Uh, Mark Weinstein is a, a concert promoter. He's kind of a multi entrepreneur. Um, he called him an operational sociopath, uh, which I thought is a, a very fitting term for Mr. Billy McFarland. Now, Hulu actually gave him $250,000 for an interview. Shame on you, Hulu. Don't give a yeah. con man that kind of money. Referencing
1: back to something Rob said earlier in this episode, yeah. I don't know what I feel about it. The only the only thing that makes me feel a little bit better about that is I'm guessing all of his money is been going to be garnished, paid out that the term.
2: Yeah, all of his money that he makes for several years is He's is going is... right to the people that the he scammed. Mm-hmm. And and rightly so. Um this guy is just a raging con artist um, without
1: feeling. Rob, have you seen you've have you seen anything about this, or even seen this guy?
0: No. Oh well, I, okay. I mean, I've seen the i I've seen the the documentary on Netflix. I've kind of scrolled past it. I haven't yeah. watched the so, the thing. But... So
1: it, when I say the term douche canoe,
0: mm-hmm. I it cannot stands. not
1: see his face as I say it anymore. Like that's, that's exactly what I see.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Um, so this guy that we're talking about, Billy McFarland, a uh, total trust fund baby, um, ha- was involved in several business ventures before Fire Media, which was a app or service that was supposed to um, <laughs> be able to allow people to uh, direct access to booking artists and models for whatever event that they were having. Um just, He just, just to go,
1: I, I was laughing because I was thinking like, as you were trying to find the words. Yeah. One of his ventures, I'm trying not to swear as much is why I'm like, mm. one, one of, one of his ventures was, and this is how stupid uh, Americans are mm-hmm. really like wealthy American, like young people are, is one of his ventures was literally a metal, credit card shaped object that attached to the back of your actual credit card so that your credit card could look like a black card, like the the high end American Express black card or whatever, mm-hmm. because young people weren't allowed to get that card or they didn't have the credit to get it. So you could pay $500 to get this metal slab that you attach to the back of your credit card and it would allow you a little bit of extra benefits, but one of which was just access to a like party pad somewhere in the middle of New York. But yeah. people were paying $500. I don't know if it was a year or a month. I think it might have been a month. I think it was 250 a month. Let me do a little research on that real quick. While it you, It went down to 250 but it started oh, okay. off at
2: 500
1: Yeah. But it literally did nothing. It was just a metal thing you attached to the back of your mm-hmm. credit card to make your credit card look better than just a regular
2: card. Yeah. And, with... and apparently people did it. They did. Yeah, a lot of people did. Wow.
0: That's
2: just um, stupid. It really is. And even more so in hindsight. But building off of the momentum of that, he created Fire Media, which was the platform I talked about. And to promote this uh, new service, they decided to throw the greatest party that never happened, the Fire Festival. And like I said, it was supposed to offer this package that was – and it it really did sound like a unique experience that you would never – get anywhere else it was you know depending on how much you paid for a ticket you could go on a, uh, a a a yacht with kendall jenner who was one of the influencers that they targeted and paid to have spread their message it was pretty smart marketing on their behalf um, paying all the people who have like millions of followers on instagram and twitter to models and pseudo celebrities and People who are famous for being in a sex tape and stuff like that. People, Rob, how who... much did you make? Like six bucks. Uh, that's uh, that's about right. But people, <laughs> people who. But Jimmy for... paid twelve. <laughs> Shh. People who, for some reason, other people look towards for their influences in music, fashion. People even go as far as to get several plastic surgeries to look like these celebrities. I Mm. will never understand it, but people were really influenced that. They were like, oh, my God, this is the party that Bella Hadid is going to be at. You know, what do you expect to gain out of that, that she might say hi to you, that you guys might become BFFs and you can be on her reality TV show with her? You're going to get beaten by her uh, bodyguard maybe? big giant security guards so you know this thing you you find out through this documentary that you know they're posting these things like two weeks from now you know they're selling tickets they're selling these vip packages they're selling villas and luxury um living accommodations on an island that was not an island um it was uh they ended up moving it to i believe it was um Exumas in the Bahamas yeah. because they were saying, oh, this island is formerly owned by Pablo Escobar, the owner of the island, was like, don't freaking say that. Don't say it. And he was like, get out of here because that's how they promoted it. You um, said they said were...
1: Escobar, and I'm going off on tangents here. I'm sorry, but I saw it right before sure. I logged on tonight for this recording, there's a, a pop-up burger place that opened up in Australia like this week. I heard about this on the radio today. Called Pablo Escoburger. And your hamburgers were yeah. like you know the top of a hamburger bun, if it's like a good hamburger bun, it has like that little like line on it. They they rec create mm-hmm. that line to make it look like cocaine. They put like powdered seasoning on there and they give you instead of a toothpick, they give you like a fake rolled up hundred dollar bill <laughs> to to fake snort your cocaine. Hey. Uh, perfect time for me to sneeze. <laughs> <Let's see. laughs> um, yeah off let's... of your Pablo Eskaburger. Hey. But anyway, sorry, go on.
2: Yeah, that was in Australia and we're talking about it here, so it worked. <clears throat> much like with the fire festival. Um but you do find out that they're selling these ticket packages up to $40,000 and people are paying for it. And then they come out uh, and they say the yacht one was $250,000. There you go. Um so you know they uh they they then send these emails out to people who had purchased tickets because they sold out of their general admission tickets in like 24 hours. Um they then start to offer a Little, what do you know? A little black tiny credit card that goes around your wrist. Um, that it was suggested that you load, you know, several thousand dollars on. Um, and they're for some reason marketing this. And then uh, people who are working for Fire Media are like, you're doing this in a place that really doesn't have a good infrastructure or a good wireless communication. Like really, but hey, they're that whole time money, money. Money, money. So with like two weeks left before it, they don't have any of this. They end up using uh, leftover FEMA tents uh, for this. And, it yeah, it was a mess. Yeah, there was a raging storm the night before. And you look at um, the firsthand account video. The mattresses are just on the ground and people are just like running to grab tents because at some point the crowd was like, where the hell's our tent? Billy McFarlane goes, "Well, if you have a ticket, just go find one." Wow. People are like running towards them and it's total Mad Max chaos and people are like hoarding water and like hiding things and just what a complete disaster. I mean,
0: were there any great. were there any uh, deaths
2: or hospital visits there, as a result? There were no deaths. Not no. There If, if
1: there were any deaths um, it would have been because of the several hundred unpaid Bohemian workers that worked for an entire month straight. And never got paid. And the people that Uh, had people in charge of it very almost happened from the people that were actual scammers to the like low paid people that were just like social media, you know, tending to the Twitter page, stuff like that, that didn't, that also didn't realize it was pretty much a scam. They could have all been murdered and, but they got out. So no, no one, no one died except there were people stuck there for a while and had to basically hop flights back to Miami.
2: Not only did you, not only did you have people like Bella Hadid and Kendall Jenner, like we mentioned, you had uh, Emily Rajkowski and numerous other people posting about this. So a lot of people were influenced by that. And the other Is big it part bad that it, I hate all of those people. I know nothing about it. I hate them. I do too. I mean, but there were uh, there was a music festival happening at the same time, and that was what brought what drew a lot of people towards it too. Although, I have heard of two bands that were supposed to play on this. Craig, what was the lineup? Uh, I don't have much of them listed, but
1: the one... Okay, first of all, me, big music fan. Also, mm-hmm. a very diverse music fan. For the most part, I will see most music concert, music festivals if it's in my area. And there were three bands that I heard of in this thing. In fact, right. I googled some of the names today of some of these bands. One of which I'm scared to say because it sounds a little bit like a uh a offensive word, okay. but I I I, I knew Blink 182, I knew Migos, and I knew Major Laser. The headliner was something called Good Music G. O. O. D. Music, it's which it turns out isn't good. even a band. It's it's Kanye West's record label. Mm. So I'm guessing it was kind of like a a thing. Insufferable human being, but. If anyone is willing to pay $250,000 to go to an island. Kanye West
0: or the organizer?
1: Kanye
2: West. Both (laughs) of them.
1: If anyone is willing to go to an island and pay $250,000 to see Blink-182, I mean, I guess no one really deserves to be scammed. But Mm -hmm. you're an easy mark. Because honestly, I had $15 tickets for Blink-182. And the concert was in Tampa. And I had a little bit of a headache. I'm like, eh.
2: I don't I blame so. you because that would have made your headache even worse and you might have died because they suck so bad. <laughs> I hate Blink 182. I no, hate And them. I'm guessing I, Ja Rule played as well. I've heard of him. Ja, I, I know
0: Rule. I, I know the name, but I don't know any of their music. Blink 182.
2: Yeah. I, I guess Ja Rule was supposed to play as well, but he was one of the, he was the co-founder of the Fire Music Festival or the Fire Festival. Uh, somehow managed to avoid any charges. Um, as of right now, but he has seen because in this documentary, Billy McFarlane told his people to record everything. And they're just drinking the whole time. Him and Ja Rule have always got this, a beer in their hand. There's a scene where doing that thing where they kind of hold it low by the neck. Yeah. Uh, Billy McFarlane himself passes out on the beach in the middle of the day during one of their shoots. Um, they're always on a the yacht. They're always on jet skis and they're always pumping it up and just being douchebags. Um, and the, uh, whole recording thing really came back to bite Billy McFarlane in the ass. Mm. So to kind of, kind of sum it up, I know we're going a little long here on it. Uh, what eventually happened in the backlash of this, Billy McFarlane was sued in a class action lawsuit, um, by some of the attendees, further investigation. Uh, placed him in jail. He was released on bail. And then what's he do on bail, Greg? He hopped it. Mm-mm? Nuh-uh. He didn't hop I have it. it muted because I've got a, um, snorting hippopotamus
1: behind me. Yeah. All um, right. So well, I, I'll I, tell I him. can't. <laughs> she actually, she actually walked out. She stormed out of the room when I called her a snorting hippopotamus. Well,
2: poor Emma. No. So uh, this guy, he gets out and he's in this swanky penthouse. Oh yeah, okay. Yes. So he's like in this penthouse. Mm-hmm.
1: Someone who I don't think was him was recording what was going on via what as Jimmy said, it appeared to be a cell phone that was like so that someone was kinda like holding kinda it on like, the counter. Yeah. It, like you I, know when someone like puts one end of their cell phone on the counter and records and like pretends like they're just holding it weird. Yep. Um and like the voiceover, they're they're interviewing other people and they're like all of a sudden all of these people that bought tickets to the Fire Festival were starting to receive these Offers for like really good Grammy tickets and courtside seats for the Knicks and all this stuff signed by this guy who's like maybe Chuck or Vinny or something,
2: or go see the I guess at that time the Cavaliers game and then have dinner with LeBron James. You work for a company that does like marketing. You get the marketing materials too. So like
1: the people that work for the company that was this big scam company were getting emails that were also going out to other people on the mailing list, and it was like, did they get a whole? Did they get a hold of the fire mailing list, and it turns out it was this dude still doing scams?
0: Wow,
2: yeah, and they they filmed it. This this guy, the Frank guy, was so bold to come up there and be like, "Yo, guys, what up? This is Frank." Blah blah blah. We got exclusive pre order tickets to the. They were selling tickets to the Met Gala, which you can't get tickets for. So they were just while this dude's on bail, he's committing more fraud. So eventually, yeah. you know he. He is now in jail on uh, several fraudulent charges, um, wire fraud, things like that. And um, I will say, like, one good thing that's come out of this: uh, there is a woman named Marianne Roll in the documentary who was the kind of food service manager for this thing. She has a restaurant in on the uh, in the Bahamas that. You know, they fed everyone, all the crew, all the workers. Uh, they were working. She has 10 workers working for her. They were working 24 hours straight. Um, she had to drain $50,000 of her own savings, and that was her entire savings, just to pay her workers. Uh, there was a crowdfunding effort launched that has raised over $250,000 for her, and she selflessly, selflessly and very kindly has agreed to – out of no pressure by anyone, but has agreed to distribute that among the people who have still gone unpaid hmm. um, on the island, which is uh, a very cool thing. It's a very human thing. Um, parts of the documentary are very hard to watch. Towards the end, there is a, a debriefing interview that is also recorded, like everything else, with some of the Fire Media crew, in which Billy McFarlane tells them, hey, guys, I'm not firing you, but you're just not going to get paid for a while. At which point a lot of the employees are like, no, no. You know, I keep on, on bringing this to
1: me and I'm like, I'm trying to think if I would ever come close to getting scammed by something like that. Like, first of all, I could care less about, you know, VIP experiences. Just, I mean, I do the VIP things only so that people don't touch me.
0: I I think, I think when you say VIP from now on, you need to say it just like that. Yeah, VIP. I
1: should, I should. But like, I'm pretty Good at doing my research on anything that I plan on traveling to go see. Mm-hmm. And that's any distance. Like, if something seems too good to be true, you, you got to do more than just look at the one website that's marketing it and believe freaking Emily Ritt- hi, man. Is that how it's pronounced?
2: Yes. Why is it like, exactly?
1: Like, what's up?
2: I don't know. Who is that? She, okay, so she's a model who was famous for being in, um, uh, Robin Thick's video for Blurred Lines. Oh, yep, and that's about it. Uh, it, it. Yeah, man, if you are gonna just blindly follow people that you follow on Instagram Instagram to a concert, that I, I don't, I don't understand that mentality, man. I really don't. So there you have it. If Thank you were you, Jimmy interested at all, check it out. It's a good. It's a good documentary. It's freaking uh, it's fascinating. It's well done. Yeah, and it's very yeah, it's very fascinating. We said last week and we said it again this week, there are going to be some changes to our format. So now we present you with a snap decision after the topic is read. Sneaky. That question for you guys is do you feel bad? For the people that paid in the higher-tier ticket packages to go to the fire Festival. I can go, and I'm going to be salty as shit. (laughs) Do it. Go for it. No one deserves
1: to be scammed. Okay, we've established that. Yep, Yeah. However, the reason why there are scammers is because there are stupid people that fall for scams. Mm -hmm. And if you are willing to fucking spend $250,000 to see Blink-182 because you might have the opportunity to see... Uh, Haley Baldwin, whoever that is, in a bikini on a yacht 500 yards offshore through some binoculars.
2: Behind, like, six huge guys in security. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, is Haley Baldwin Alan or Alec Baldwin's daughter? Somehow related, she's married to Justin Bieber. I'm sorry that I know that. That's two things that you've known that I'm both
1: impressed and a little annoyed that you know. I'm very sorry. You, You really do go to TMZ every day. I do... I have a problem. I kind of don't feel bad because they put themselves in that situation to make themselves feel cooler than they are. And they did it based on, as you said, quote unquote, uh, influencers. And I hate that word. And if there's one thing I hate more than YouTubers, it's influencers. So I do not feel bad. Rob?
0: Um, Yes, I do feel bad for them. Nobody, de- as we said, nobody deserves to get scammed. Um... The, I, I don't feel bad enough for them that I feel like I need to compensate anybody for it. Um, but I think where some of them, because the whole, the whole, is it too good to be true thing doesn't mm-hmm. necessarily apply here because that's usually when you're getting a deal that is absolutely ridiculously, um, underpriced or, you know, you're essentially getting a deal. And that's usually the first thing that will set a lot of people's sensors off, you know, set off the red lights for everybody. Mm-hmm. And when you're paying like 40,000. People
1: th- that sell speakers and parking lots of Target.
0: Yeah. But when you're paying $40,000 for tickets, there are some people who are like, well, it's super expensive. It must be legit because nobody would, would try to scam me and ask for this exorbitant amount of money. So so you know the 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 first defense is bypassed by doing that. So Mm -hmm. yeah, I do feel bad for them. Should they have done a little bit more research? Yeah, absolutely they should have. Is would I have ever paid forty thousand dollars for a ticket? Eh, Hell no. You wouldn't have paid forty dollars for a concert ticket. No. I (laughs) I have have. a hard time doing that. I'm like, come on. But nobody deserves to get scammed. And so yeah, I I do feel bad. Hold on. Rob feels not- bad
1: because Rob feels bad because he didn't see the part of the documentary where the one, um, bro was talking about how he peed on all of the mattresses so he didn't have any, um, neighbors around him in his tent.
2: Yeah, that's true. I forgot I, about that one.
1: I feel it's significantly whoosh. less bad for that guy. Me too. Cause he was like <laughs> high fiving. He's like, yeah, man, we like, this sucks, but like, we didn't want any neighbors in our tent. So we like pissed on a few of the mattresses and tore the tents up so no one would go near us. Yep. Like you're making a bad situation worse. Be a normal human.
2: And a yeah. lot of people did that. So that you can there. feel bad for
1: anyone but that dude.
2: Oh yeah. Yeah. And, and my thoughts on it, I've kind of already said it. I, I really don't, um, sorry that you're out that kind of money, but I always kind of go back to the thing. Like if you got that kind of money, you can, uh, write a check to the Bahamian people because, uh, a lot of them are still without paychecks. So, you know, um, now, nah, man, anybody who was like, hey, dude, Kendall Jenner is going to be at this thing on this island, so we should go. How, like, what is wrong with you? Mm-hmm. You didn't deserve to be scammed, but you're probably fine with parting with that amount of money. And uh, hopefully it was a learning moment for you.
1: Since we're going classy, I had the opportunity to go ahead and see a musical and it is a big time musical it is Hamilton
2: okay I have questions
1: okay well let me do this real quick if do you guys have thing. not heard of Hamilton out there first of all I'm not going to really talk too much about the musical because there's so much press about it there's so much stuff you can go find it mm-hmm. but just so you know just so you guys know the sheer popularity of it listeners and you guys uh, Hamilton it a smash it it took Broadway by storm with 16 Tony nominations it won 11 of those it won best musical grammy for best album it won a pulitzer and seven drama desk awards as as well as other uh awards as well and the like the it was sold out on broadway forever actually it still is and then it went on tour this i believe is its third tour Mm -hmm. and it does of course tell the story of alexander hamilton uh from who i up until i read the book actually as soon as the the musical became, became popular i got the book because I'm not a big fan of musicals, but I am a big fan of history. And I was like, well, what's so interesting about this guy's life? And it turns out his life is fascinating. Is it? So he was he was born on a, um, a Caribbean island. Uh, coincidentally, he was born during a concert festival. Uh, he was conceived in in some poorly constructed tents.
2: I so don't think knew? that's correct.
1: No, there was a, a Kanye West concert. Anyway, no, he was uh, the island N- Nevis or Nevis. And mm-hmm. he was, um, well the term they use in the show. And it's, I mean, it's technically the true term, but he was a bastard. It was um, it intense. It was oh. intense. And he basically decided to leave the Island after base, after running, I think he did the books for like a sugar plantation. And then he left the Island and went to New York and became a lawyer and was Washington's right-hand man and fought in the revolutionary war. And then he basically created the treasury department and, He's one of the only non-presidents on the on money. I think he's the only non-president on money, and he would have most likely been one of our presidents, except for he had a little bit of a dalliance with a with a married woman. What's that word? And he was also married. A dalliance. I never heard that before.
0: Oh, really?
1: Yeah. yeah. He could not uh, keep his uh, little Hamilton in his trousers, and he slept with a woman, and turned out that she was a con artist. See, we're actually tying things in. She was actually a con artist with her husband, and the husband's like, look, I won't tell anyone that you slept with my wife if you pay pay us some money. And, we
2: do this on purpose, guys. Really, yep. we promise.
1: And then uh, they thought that – they're like, oh, well, since he runs a treasury, where what are, is all this extra money going to that he's paying out to people? But it turned out that he was using his own money, but they were – Jefferson basically went to him and was like, what is the deal here? And he released a pamphlet – saying no no i wasn't stealing your guy's money i was actually paying off with my own money paying off a a woman i slept with um so it led to him not being able to become president and then of course the famous duel uh which we will get to so Mm. rob uh, just i i asked this question to jimmy earlier but i think i need to ask it to you as well all right when's the first time you heard of alexander 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 Alexander, when did you la- first hear of Alexander
2: Hamilton?
0: Um, in grade school because he was a president or something.
1: He was not a president. No. He was the founder right. of the
0: treasurer. My no.
2: response was grade school as well. Like the first
1: time I, re- I I had heard about him, but the first time I really
0: – He's on the $10, $10 bill, him, isn't he?
1: Yes, but the first time I ever really thought about him was this right here.
0: Who shot Alexander Hamilton in that famous duel? <laughs> All right, let's go to the phones and see who's out there. Who was it? Hello? Hello, for $10,000, who should... Uh-huh. Excuse me? Aaron Burr. Hold on, let me some milk. Let
2: me drink some uh-huh.
0: I'm afraid your time is almost up. Aaron uh-huh. Burr. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. I'm sorry, maybe next
2: time. Aaron Burr.
1: So that right there was the first time I really ever like got him into like my common lexicon mm. was with the the Got Milk commercial with uh, Aaron Burr and that weird looking <laughs> guy. Not to be confused with Raymond Burr. Definitely not the same guy. <laughs> this thing takes off. And I, of course, had heard the album uh, due to certain wives who listen to it a lot. So I was like, OK, it, could it possibly live up to the hype? And that's really the the angle I wanted to approach it. Here it was like, did it live? Did it live up to the hype? Especially considering I'm not a big fan of musicals, but I am a big fan of history.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Like, if you said see something about Alexander Hamilton, it could either be a musical or a straight up like play. I would have picked a play, but now after I saw it, it was it was fantastic. It was really good.
0: I I'm gonna be honest. Mm-hmm. I didn't even know until you just said it that the play Hamilton was about Alexander Hamilton. Wow. I just but- thought it was a I just thought it was a clever name. I was like, I'm not I'm not going to see it because he, he ruined moana. <laughs> yeah, you you are not a fan of of
1: the musical stylings of Lin-Manuel because that's you didn't like moana and you didn't like Mary Poppins. So Hamilton here, the music is really good. It's it's it is hip hop and rap, but there's some some R&B influence stuff. There's a lot of different influences what? that go into the music. And do, yeah, do you, do you have a question about that? You paused for a moment.
2: Yeah. What?
1: <laughs> the the music is rap and hip hop.
2: What? Yeah.
1: I'm not kidding. It's not a joke.
2: Well, okay.
1: Uh, he got Lynn Manuel got his start doing a a show called In the Heights, which was a little more lined up with rap and hip hop. But basically, all of the quote unquote rebels are are kind of aligned with you know rap hip hop. Uh, King George is in there. And he kind of does the little interludes, and he's he's remarkably funny
0: mm-hmm. in those
1: parts. And he's he does the more traditional musical type music. It's interesting in the fact that they use rap and stuff like that because it does you, it does paint like Jefferson and Washington and Madison and a, a little bit of different light.
2: I, I, all I can just picture is some old white dude in a powdered wig coming out and starting rapping. See, that's like why epic they actually, rap battles. <laughs> so this is actually
1: you guys have gone down two different paths that are actually very interesting. So first of all, anytime there's any sort of debate. Most notably, debate about like how the hell are we going to pay back all of these soldiers that fought for the revolution when we don't have a money system, and what type of money system they should use. They actually do it as a rap battle, and it's awesome. It's really good. Nice. So it's like, <clears throat> so it's like Jefferson versus Hamilton doing that, and like Jefferson is he's uh, he's kind of painted as a sort of dresses like Prince, <laughs> which is not too far off.
2: <laughs> all right, like
1: purple velvet and stuff. And he, remember, he wasn't actually here for the Revolutionary War. He was in France at the time. So At Mm -hmm. the end of Revolutionary War, he comes back. He's like, did I miss anything? Eh?" And then immediately kind of takes control because he was just a wealthy dude that went to France. Now, he was helping over there. He was trying to get French fighters to help us. But he, they do like a rap battle. And there's actually a drop the mic moment. So it's good there. And your comment of like these like old white dudes in powdered wigs, rapping and stuff like that. uh, They do a completely, you know, interracial or diverse cast. Mm -hmm. Um, the only white person in the cast is king george and there's and a few of the the dancers that have other parts here and there but and at first i was like okay well why and it would not have it would not have worked if they didn't do that it just there's something about it because it allows you to think about the story without thinking about how silly a white dude in a powdered wig looks like wrapping around and bouncing around Hmm. Um, in fact uh like Washington George Washington was is was Asian um Korean actually. Yes he was. Well, in the show he was Korean. And so I thought that was interesting. You it's honestly I had to go look at what the people actually other than Washington of course I had to kind of look at what they look like again because you kind of got used to like what like Aaron Burr is like this very tall black man. I'm like that's not mm-hmm. right. And it it just I don't know, it just works very
2: well. Oh, it 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 must it 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 sounds very bizarre. Yeah. Um. I I when I it should not uh, work at all. Yeah. When I first Which realized this was about yeah. When I realized it was about Alexander Hamilton, I just pay, picture people walking out being like, oh, "I founded the Treasury," and just being like, <laughs> eh. You know. But uh, yeah. It, it sounds interesting. I'll have to uh watch somebody's uh footage on YouTube. Yeah. Because I can't then, afford a ticket.
1: Yeah, and one little thing, like, there's, of course, some sad moments. Of course, we've talked about it briefly earlier. Hamilton did die in a duel. And knowing, like, the real story and all that stuff, and, like, him and Burr were running into each other all the time. They had law offices next to each other. The duel was about, basically, Burr ran against Hamilton's father-in-law and defeated him, and then in something that's very different from today. Wasn't a foot race? uh, No, for the governorship of New York, I believe. Ah, Something that's very different from today, even though (laughs) Hamilton (laughs) – wow – even though Hamilton and uh, Jefferson were on completely opposite sides of things, when Jefferson and Burr both came to Hamilton and said, you're still well-respected because you actually got the country out of debt after the war, who are you going to back for the presidency? Um, Hamilton, even though he was in Burr's party, he supported Jefferson and caused Jefferson to win by a landslide. And then a few other things happened where Burr – that's why Burr challenged him to the duel. But the reason being Mm. is that there's – you know that line, if you don't stand for anything, you'll fall for for everything or something like that?
2: Yeah, it's what Rambo said.
1: Yes, it's what Rambo said, but everyone always attributes that. If you don't
0: stand for something, you'll fall for anything.
1: Yeah, and everyone attributes that to Alexander Hamilton as that being his quote, and that is one of the reasons why he said why he did not follow Burr is because Burr had no opinions. His opinion was whatever was the electorate's opinion. and So Hamilton wouldn't support him. Uh, But I did find out today that was never actually Alexander Hamilton's quote. It was first Hmm. ever actually attributed to a guy named Alex Hamilton, who is a British journalist. So people constantly get it mixed up with Alexander Hamilton. But the first time it was ever put in writing, at least, was like in the 1920s. And then, of course, again, uh, apparently Rambo. Yeah, uh, it was really good. Um, It was heartfelt. The music was good Uh, for me, a non-musical lover it was kept me interested and made me want to uh, go back and do more research.
0: Well, awesome. All right, guys. So our next topic is going to be the Punisher. For those who are not aware, Punisher season two has been released on Netflix and it is, I would dare say it's pretty much as good as the first one so far. Greg, what do you think?
1: I actually agree. I think it's pretty good. It's, and it is really far removed from the first one, especially in location. Like they went as far away from the, true punisherness of like gritty New York stories.
0: At well, least at but they, they, I was going to say they're bringing it back though. Yeah. Um, the, the, we, we haven't finished the entire season yet. Neither Greg, Greg or I have finished the entire season, but we have gotten to the point where they're actually returning to New York. So, about so halfway through. Right. Right. And uh, I, I really, really enjoy it. I really wish that, that what was her name? The bartender. I wish she could have had a bigger part. Maybe she comes back later. But man, it really it that this season is really showing what a shit show Frank Castle is.
1: Yeah, like episode
0: <laughs> like, one like was... everybody who knows him is just yeah, forget it. Yeah. He so
1: first of all, a very unlucky dude.
0: Second oh, of all, really? yeah,
1: episode one was basically Roadhouse. In fact, I think someone was talking about it on a chat that we have, and I think I, I sent a, a GIF of uh, a gif, sorry. No, it's J. GIF is correct. but it's I, I never know which is the right one. I just say GIF. But I know, that's why
0: that's that's why it's easy to remember that GIF is correct.
1: But Jimmy would be logging on and yelling at me if I said it both ways. Anyway, besides the point, I sent one of uh of Peter Griffin doing the roadhouse. <laughs> 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 because that's basically what it was. He was in there, there was like a, a group of like thugs that were messing with this bartender, and he kicked everyone's ass in a remarkably brutal fight scene, which mm-hmm. I think we should just be aware that it's not they're not going to be that many more of these series, but anything on Netflix involving a, Mar- a Marvel character is going to have just really good, well choreographed, brutal fight scenes because mm-hmm. it's not that expensive to chore to do a good fight scene, but it is really expensive to blow stuff up. So I think they're getting their most of the action by making it kind of close quarters fighting, which right. is fine with me.
0: And and I love that that we have moved on from the the hero you know gets into a brawl with sixteen guys and comes out unscathed. Mm-hmm. I love that we've gotten away from that because Frank Castle really does absorb a lot of punishment,
1: but a bunch. Exactly the the Punisher artist that I used to like a lot. There was a, a couple artists that would draw the Punisher. Like uh, John Romita, who drew him very flat faced, and like his mm-hmm. nose, you could very clearly see it had been broken multiple times in the comics, at least. Mm-hmm. And you know, if you were doing what you were doing, you're not going to stay pretty. You're going to take some punishment. No pun intended. Yet again, you're going to get punched in the face. You're going to get shot, stabbed, beaten, garroted, whatever. Limbs broken.
2: Yeah. Forced to go to a concert festival in the Bahamas. All of these things. Do they for
0: forty thousand dollars?
2: Yeah. At any point, do they play Punishment by Biohazard? They do not. Although That's they should. A shame. Yeah. yeah. Was it Evan Seinfeld? Is that, was that his yeah. name?
1: Look at mm-hmm. me. You but, go.
2: Yeah. Also on Oz. Anyway. Yeah, you guys can. I'm going to go listen to Biohazard right now.
1: Have <laughs> fun. They, uh, so he, his face is messed up. It, the The makeup work they do on the scars is really good. I was noticing yeah. that today. So, uh, Rob, you mentioned the one girl, the bartender, but what did mm-hmm. you think about the other girl, the the one that was kind of coy about her name and uh, age and all that stuff?
0: Honestly, I... No, you'd actually lie to me. Could you lie to me? I, I, oh, she was fantastic. Uh, you okay, know, I was, okay, there you go. No, in in the beginning, I found her to be really annoying. and And I realized that, you know, that Frank has kind of kidnapped her and held her against her will. But, I mean, he's basically keeping her alive. And she's saying like "f you," let me go. At
1: this point, any of the violence that he has perpetrated has
0: been protecting her. Right? He's 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 basically saved her life on like three or four different occasions at this point. And I I, I just she's she's super annoying. And I didn't actually start to appreciate her. I think until the the episode where they're trapped in the police station, where she helps the the young cop. Yeah. So if if episode
1: one was Roadhouse, episode three is like escape from, or assault on Precinct 13, where they're stuck yeah. in, a, in a police station as a very heavily armed militia group, right-wing militia group, is mm-hmm. attacking them, or religious right-wing militia. Right-wing? Yes, is attacking them. Um, I found it very interesting because I didn't know if they were trying to build her character up to become a villain. Like, she's hiding something, and she's All actually right. part of this whole thing, which she kind of is, but or if they were doing it and didn't know what to do later on, which I, you may not be at this episode yet, or you might be later on. There's a few weird editing things where the way they cut it, they're having very heartfelt conversation. And then the very next scene, they're back to being like kind of at odds. And it was a little bit awkward.
0: Yeah. It seems like they're making progress. and Then all of a sudden they're not,
1: but it's like on an editing thing. Cause it, they, it, their scenes are literally mushed up next to each other. So like, there's no reason why, someone would have a heart to heart with somebody about their family and what happened and then immediately be like, you know, you've got problems. Well, of course you have have problems. I just told you about them, you know? Yeah. I just told you what my problem
0: was, you dick.
1: Yeah. So I thought that was a little weird, but so far so good. Uh, What about the, uh, the villain Jigsaw? Or I guess they really don't call him that, but that is who it is.
0: You mean pretty boy?
1: Yeah. Who's uh, no longer a pretty boy? Yeah, Billy from the first season who got his face smushed through a, a mirror or a window or something.
0: Um, I, I find myself wondering. I'm still not 100% sure as to whether or not he's faking it all or whether or not it's actually real.
1: Yeah, because he's doing the whole uh, amnesia thing.
0: I can't remember anything. I can't remember anything. Why can't I remember anything? Yeah, how did I get like this? So And then the- he is, and then he escapes from the psycho ward and in a pretty violent fashion, too. And it's like... How did... uh, Okay. I don't understand why... When he
1: beats beats down all those orderlies?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, no, they they were security guards. They were cops. Yeah. And I'm like, dude, shoot him. (laughs) He's a violent criminal. He shot an FBI agent in the head. And he just beat your friend senseless with a nightstick. Friggin' shoot him. (laughs) What What are you doing?
1: Yeah. No, they, uh... I'm a little intrigued as to where they go with this. The, where I am in the show, so far I've liked it. I've been entertained by it. Mm-hmm. But it could go either way. From At the point that I'm at is where it's going to be. Do, it's going to either do that Netflix thing where sometimes things are a couple episodes too long. Mm-hmm. Or it's going to stick the landing. And I'm not sure if there's any really in between. So I'm, I'm intrigued as to where it's going to go.
0: I just wanted to bring back the bartender. She got screwed royally. I hope her kid's okay. Because, did you notice that? When she's like, my son, my son, somebody's got to take care of my son. And he's like, don't worry, I'll take care of it. And then he just runs off with the little girl. I'm like, whoa, oh, yeah. wait a minute. What about the kid? Yeah,
1: uh, for for those of you who don't know, she, she gets shot in one of these many bar fights that happens in the first episode.
0: They were just starting to get close. She was getting, you know, they were they obviously were intimate already. But they were just starting to reveal things to each other and all of this. And, and then he brings all this down on top of her by defending the girl who you know he saw needed help but he can't walk away because he's frank castle and she gets shot and they have to take her to the hospital and all of this but she's she's a single mom and she's got what is he like eight yeah who's young yeah she's like somebody's gotta take care of alex or whatever his name is that's how much attention they paid to it i don't even remember what the kid's name is and he's like don't worry about it it's gonna be the villain in the next season of the punisher yeah exactly exactly and he's like don't worry about it and then you never see or hear anything about the kid again (laughs) i was like wait a minute should you have made sure that somebody was watching the kid his mom's in the hospital for i don't know how many days who's who's feeding the kid i i actually am very much enjoying it i think it's very well done again i thought the first season was fantastic I'm enjoying this season. I'm looking forward to seeing where they go with it. We are back in New York. And like you said, Jigsaw has entered the picture officially.
2: And that brings us to our question of the week. That would be the five biggest scams in entertainment or media. Now that can be video games, movies, just media in general. So As we get into this, it'll make more sense, I promise.
1: And I think just going into this, this was a tough question because if you started looking up scam movies or entertainment scams, you would find movies about scams or Or, books about scams.
0: Or the biggest scams of 2018, and it's all like email phishing and phone scams and stuff like that.
1: Yeah, how not to be scammed. So it's a little hard to do research Mm -hmm. on this, but then we started doing our own research, like reaching into our own brains. Yep. And some stuff came to light.
2: Yeah, so I'll go ahead and start. And my number one is going to be a recent one. Your number one or your number five? I'm sorry, my number five, thank you, is going to be from a movie that came out, uh, I think produced by starring John Travolta, and that is Gotti. Oh. Okay. So the movie Gotti came out. It was really... Yeah, this spring, and it received nearly 7,000 audience member reviews on Rotten Tomatoes. And they gave very high marks to the movie, to John Travolta's acting, when it turned out... These are pretty much like Yelp reviews or Google reviews, anything like that. Anybody can can review it. And the movie came out, and it was critically panned. It reviewed... It, it Not reviewed. It received a 0% critic score on Rotten Tomatoes. So the controversy in that is uh, it is speculated that the production slash marketing team behind the movie Gotti um, actually had their hand in this. At the point that all of these reviews came
1: out, they mm-hmm. hadn't sold that many tickets yet. So right. it had more positive reviews than it had ticket sales.
2: Yep. Yeah. And it it was apparently just a steaming pile of crap. I haven't seen it. I have no intention. John Travolta has been in like a couple of the worst movies ever made (laughs) battlefield earth and powder. He's, he's not great, not great. And we might talk about him a little bit more here. Um, as my list gets to the top, my number four is going to be the life of Pi visual effects controversy. Now, the Life of Pi received the Best Visual Effects Oscar in 2013. The company behind those visual effects was Rhythm and Hues. Absolutely fantastic visual effects studio. It did some really great work, um, and it really brought the attention to the artists. Without a green screen and computer graphics, there would be no Life of Pi. That would never been visualized on the screen. Right. I think there was uh there was like one child actor, a water tank and a green screen. And like half of a robot. Yeah. And uh it really brought to light the disparity between um what visual effects artists make compared to those people who are on screen who might not do as much work as they do. And there's a, a big coming together of visual effects artists across the world. Um, changing their profile pictures on social media to the green of the green screen and Rhythm and Hughes unfortunately went bankrupt um, shortly after receiving that and shut their doors. So there's been a lot more attention um, focused on uh, the visual effects artists and making sure that they are doing well since then. My number three is going to be one that directly impacted me. And that is the Ticketmaster Controversy um Schlesinger and Associates versus Ticketmaster uh five tic- Ticketmaster customers filed a class action lawsuit uh claiming that Ticketmaster's order processing fees and UPS exped- expedited delivery prices of tickets are excessive and deceptive uh Ticketmaster settled out of uh settled with that and they ended up giving out vouchers to concerts to appease the masses who were affected by them. Basically anybody who purchased a ticket through Ticketmaster between 1999 and like 2013 or something like that. And they were all just, it It, it was very messy. Um, the vouchers that they issued were just like for tribute like, bands.
1: I, like, I could have possibly tried to get one to go see like a cheap trick tribute band on like a Wednesday in Tampa.
2: Yeah. I, I could have seen a journey tribute band. Um, like on a Sunday night at House of Blues, but I, I would check it every once in a while. And I don't, I don't really think I paid too many fees in that, but it was pretty big. Um, all ticket vouchers are closed now. So, uh, never got to see anything great from that, but, uh, my number two is going to be fire, the fire festival. Obviously we've talked about at length. Um, so not much more explanation needs to be there. And my number one, I, I think, um, Because of the – I know what your number
1: one is because we talked Mm -hmm. earlier. Yep. And I'm pretty sure that I need to uh, napalm death whenever you say what it is because of their severely large amount of lawyers. Okay. So your number one is? Scientology. (laughs) There you go. (laughs) Okay. Now continue.
2: So no one that I know um, can really afford to be in this fake religion that was created by a subpar sci-fi author and valor-stealing – Individual by the name of, do you want to queue it up? I, I do. I do. I do. Um, good. L. Ron Hubbard. <laughs> that
0: was terrible. <laughs> that, <laughs> that did not work at all. We're going to get. Sued.
2: Yeah. Oh, well, that's fine. Come after me. I don't care. You guys are full of shit. <laughs> uh, the man, you're playing me <laughs> off like you did to the, yeah. the, the visual effects artist at read them on man. Twenty thirteen, last year's. Uh, the church refers to Elron Hubbard as a military hero when the official military account deems his service as substandard at times. Um, look, it's fake religion. Uh, you you buy into it to progress throughout levels, and uh, it is uh, something that a, a lot of Hollywood people feel the need that they you know they have to belong to it, and uh, I think it's one of the the greatest scams of the century. So that's my list. You're not wrong. Thank you. Thank well, you for that validation. Yes. Well one of one of the ones I was gonna do,
1: I had completely forgotten this person that even existed. But I was like, oh, the the woman that you would call up, the the Jamaican woman with the the psychic. Called like, me now. And he's like Miss Cleo, and it went down a, a rabbit hole. But she actually got bumped. And another one that got bumped was actually Millie Vanilli because I figured someone else here would talk about it. But my number five, I'm going to go with Mockbusters, which are movies that they release, usually direct-to-video, around the same time as another movie comes out, like another bigger, big-budget movie, in hopes of possibly getting some people who rent and buy it, thinking that it somehow hit the movie theater. Atlantic Rim. Yes, Atlantic Rim.
2: uh, Paranormal Entity. I I got some
1: here. Uh, Let's see. We got Atlantic Rim. uh, Snakes on a Train. (laughs) Oh, God. Uh, Android Cop. Wow. Apocalypse Z. <laughs> Frozen Land. Oh, God. <laughs> the Chop Kick Panda, of course. And, of course, uh, Transmorphers The Fall of Man. Wow. Yeah. So, those are those movies that they. And again, as I said earlier, if you're stupid enough to get scammed, fine. But at least these people are only using like $3 to these things. But. These ridiculous movies. I've actually seen Atlantic Rim because it was featured on the Mystery Science Theater most recent season, and it's gloriously bad. Um, very bad. So that's my number five. My number four is the King of Kong. I did not write down the guy's name, but the guy that had the record for the highest score on on uh, King Kong. They did a documentary about him, and he was, of course, a very weird guy, but it turns out that he most likely did not actually have that score because he was using an emulator And emulators work in a different way than the actual like stand-up arcade game. And it's easier to fake the high scores on the emulator and Yeah. More so it's easier to time it because it's the way they work, it's actually working on a a more less of a random pattern, so you can jump at right times and all that just based on other things. So I don't know exactly the science behind it, but he was basically a fake and they made a whole documentary about him. Didn't affect as many people, but it's one of those things. Uh my number three, I'm going to the book world, and that is A Million Little Pieces by James Fry or James Frey. Uh, do you guys remember this? I'm guessing no.
0: Um,
2: didn't they, weren't they making a TV series out of it?
1: It was big. It was one of the the biggest selling books. Uh, it was on the New York Times bestseller list for 15 weeks back in the early 2000s. It uh, had a very famous cover with like, I think it was like a face or a hand or something with a bunch of the little round, uh, like the Jimmies, like the sprinkle Jimmies. Or like the little round ones, Mm -hmm. Um, but basically, James Frey wrote a book. He was an author. He wrote a book about a drug addict. It was a fiction book, and it didn't really get picked up by any any publishers. So he said, "Oh, this is the true story of my life." It had a bunch of fantastical tales about crashing into police in a car and doing drugs and doing all and like going through withdrawal and peeing on things. And it was just, it was a a crazy story. If it was real, Uh, it was selling okay. Then Oprah. Uh, put it on her book list and it was one of the first living authors that she ever put on her book list and it completely blew the hell up so everyone was reading it you know they say that you, could go, you would go on trains and everyone was reading it and as I said before it was on 15 weeks on the bestseller it was number one on Amazon forever hmm. and then people were like oh well if this person ran into a cop with his car while high on drugs and spent 82 days in jail or whatever he said it was there should be some sort of record of them so they did some research and it turns out that he made up most of it. What a dick! Yeah, <laughs> of course, went from top of the world author. Can't wait to see what he as next. To you know, writing uh, after-school specials. Um, number two, same as Jimmy's fire festival. We talked about that way too much, so we're good. And my number one is one of the back in the day one of the most famous scandals of all time. That is the game show scandals of the 1950s, in which uh, many popular game show game quiz shows were basically finding the contestants that they liked the best or hated the best. Cause that's good TV too. Uh-huh. And we're helping them stay as champion. Uh, one of the people, Herb Stemple was the current champion and they decided they liked the way Charles Van Doren looked better. And they basically fed him the answers and had someone lose on purpose. He was a little annoyed because he had to lose based on uh, the movie that it was like, the question was like what movie won the Academy award. And it was like his favorite movie. And he had to, say the wrong one but it led to five big game shows being canceled and that's a big deal when there's only three networks back then and that's five shows over three networks and that's the only things people watched um and apparently back when this happened in the 1950s between 85 and 95 percent of all people of all adults in america knew about the cheating and it caused them to actually have to pass laws about game shows and stuff like that so that would be my number one nice very good
0: all right well i've i've also scraped five together um uh i think at number at number five i'm going to go with one that's not entirely a scam but it kinda is and that's the the infamous day one patch um oh, famously they what's that that's a good one there famously there are a couple of games that at release at least in t- in today's world where you you buy games and you buy games and then you update them via an internet connection. Um famously there was one not too long ago called Assassin's Creed Unity that was basically garbage for 60 bucks. Like you literally could not play the game. You would plug it in and your character would get stuck in background somewhere because the coding was just absolutely horrendous. I'm like going would... through
1: that right now with the Lego Ninjago game, which is the first game my son is ever playing. Really? I'm, I'm horrified because he keeps on thinking he's doing something wrong. hmm And it's annoying to me because I'm, I keep on I'm like, no, dude, you didn't do anything wrong. Like, it spawns you in places where you're going to die immediately, and it keeps on spawning you there. So, like, we have to restart it every 10 minutes.
0: Wow. That sucks. Yeah. And anyway, go and on. so th- th- there there are many features of games like that 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 they are literally just unplayable. There's nothing you can do. You have to wait for an update if they ever update it because I think they just gave up on Assassin's Creed Unity. If I'm not mistaken, they just pretty much washed their hands of it and said, "Oh, well, you know, we'll better luck next time. We'll try again. But we'll try again later." Mm-hmm. So I'm gonna go with uh, the day one patch as my number five. My number four, I'm probably gonna do PT Barnum in general. He made a living off of scamming people. Yep. So he's, he's got to be on my list. I'll put him in. And, and his scam started with, uh, what was her name? Something, uh, height or hate or something. I'm not sure. Still haven't seen that. Anyway, he, he, he bought a slave that was, that he touted to be a 161 year old slave who served George Washington. And he, he toted her around and, sold uh, sold admission for people to to come in and see her withered body and hear the stories about little George. So, yeah, it was... It, it, he's Yet just, another callback to earlier in the episode. Joyce Heth. Joyce, Joyce Heth, that was the slave's name. And he he just wasn't really all that good of a dude. <laughs> and then, of course, wasn't wasn't he the one with the Fiji mermaid as well?
2: Correct, yes. He's also the one that said, um, elephants have such thick skin that they don't feel pain.
0: Ah, uh, yeah.
2: Not a great dude. Yeah.
0: And, and he's famously credited for the quote, there's a sucker born every minute, but there's actually no documentation anywhere that actually has him saying that. So mm. they're, they're really unsure as to where that came from, but he's often credited with that. And, and right, you know, fairly so. I mean, <laughs> Like we said, he was not a fantastic My number three is probably gonna be Keen's Big Eyes. Do you guys remember that? Um
2: the like painting?
0: Yeah. The, okay. the artist who designed these these paintings of these people with the really big eyes. Mm-hmm. He took credit for it for years and then it finally came out that his wife was the one doing all the work. She oh, yeah, was the they, one who, they made a movie about that called Big Eyes. Did. They did. And she was the one who was painting it and it famously came out later, but that was like a big scam. My number two is probably going to be fire. We've discussed that. And my number one as Greg alluded to, because it took, I think almost everybody by surprise. And that was the Millie Vanilli scam. And we've discussed that several times as well. And I still remember when that came out. Okay. Let's, uh, let's close it out here. Guys,
1: here's our contact information. If you have any opinions about any of the things we talked about tonight, especially our question, uh, feel free to contact us at the Give Me Five Podcast. Give Me Five Pod at Twitter or Instagram. Give Me Five Podcast at gmail.com. Of course, you can leave us a review on whichever podcast application you use and subscribe and all that stuff. And you can check out our store, give me five podcast. And Jimmy, I believe you had one last question.
2: I do. So you guys are hearing this. The Super Bowl has already happened. We've recorded this a week before the Super Bowl. So I guess we'll, we'll reconvene and find out who's right. But what are your guys' uh, Super Bowl predictions here? What are the final scores real quick? Well, a uh, final score. Yep.
1: So the Rams are highly flawed. The Patriots are good at uh, at finding flaws and defeating teams based on them. Well, cheating, oh, yeah. Yeah. The The Rams, however, have a great defensive line, and Tom mm. Brady is a little bitch.
2: Mm-hmm. <laughs> he is. <laughs>
1: yep. So he does crumple like a uh, wet tissue whenever he's being pressure. chased. I mean, not that I wouldn't, but, you know, whenever there's some pressure. So I think because of the extra week, unfortunately, I believe the Patriots are going to win – Somewhere in the like 32 to 20 something range. Okay. Maybe a, maybe a field goal. Yeah. You know, 32 to 29 in kind a of range.
2: That close, huh? Okay. Rob, what do you think?
1: I'm rolling with my boy Ace. Ace. The, the 10 year old. Yes. Science major. What's yes. your final future, score?
0: Future president. He said 30 <laughs> to 14. So I'm going to roll with that.
2: Oh, really? He did. Um, I'm saying 35 14. Who? Oh. Rams. Wow, yeah, I'd be—I I would appreciate that.
1: Um, I do have a few other um things that might happen. I do at some point think there will be at least two flagrantly bad penalties involving someone accidentally standing too close to Tom Brady. Okay, there will probably be at least one time when they cannot get—they cannot find Rob Gronkowski because he's hitting on a cheerleader or a sideline reporter. Bro, and forget, yeah, and suppose and forget that he's supposed to be on the field, and and Damacon Sue will actually rip off Tom Brady's leg and beat him to death with it somewhere in the third quarter. Third quarter.
2: Okay. We're going to
1: note yeah, that Yeah, I should have gotten tickets. Right <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to be there for the game. That is, go into the third quarter. I heard some things. I
0: yeah. heard something's going to happen that I got to see.
2: <laughs> yeah. So when we come back to you guys, we'll see which one of us was right. Go Rams.
1: I totally put money on that leg thing out there, guys. All right. And now it's time for the weekly rant.
2: I got a lot of problems
0: with you people. Now, you're going to hear about it. Rob, what you got? All right. Well, well, my rant, I, I got to tell you, it makes me feel like an old man because my, one of the biggest things, and it happened recently, and I, I'll go over the situation that happened. What in the hell has happened to customer service in this country? I swear to <laughs> I swear to God for everything from, from, you know, going out for dinner and getting called a liar by the waiter to, to call in customer support on the phone. They don't give a shit. They don't care. And it's like, we, we called AT&T the other day and God bless him. He was trying, but it took us 20 minutes to get him to write down Jen's email because he couldn't spell her friggin' name. He's like, A- admittedly, I can't either. Well, we were spelling it for him. Oh, never mind. And he's like, G, G, N, E, no, 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 do G, E, N, G, E, N, E, I, no, 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 G E N E V G E I. no, what, what are you listening to? <laughs> Have you ever seen the clip of Peter? trying to give his cell phone number to consuela the maid
1: no but i do love consuela sweet sweet consuela
0: watch that video that was exact i swear to god that was exactly how this conversation went and it was like <laughs> are you even listening to what i'm telling you do you, do you not understand the word <laughs> my my best chris tucker impersonation do you not understand where is it coming out of my mouth it's like what the hell old. dude I, I f- and I feel like such an old fart complaining about stuff like that. But it's like, I mean, come on. I I expect you to do your job. I expect you to do a job that you are
1: And that right there is why we have a rant at the end of the episode. Also, uh, am I are, you, are, you, are we done?
0: I think okay. so.
1: Okay. And I also got to give, speaking of rants, I got to give a shout out to Jubals, who I did not give a shout out to last week. So there you Jubals!
2: go, Jubals. You did not. Jubals, thank you so much for your, your ally. <sighs> that was Uh, for you (laughs) Jubels. uh thank you for being a great ally i appreciate it good morning good afternoon good night thank you for listening